today we're talking about one of the biggest innovations that everybody can't stop talking about. Andy, what is that? Chat GPT, AI. I mean, we are hearing about it every single day, how it's going to change everything. We've talked to a few companies here at Transworld, and they say it's changing by the week. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have a great show today because we are talking about what everybody's been talking about in business, AI, artificial intelligence. It is certainly groundbreaking, changing all kinds of things. Uh, Jessica, it, it's just pervasive in every conversation we have. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It's it's in every conversation. It's in all entrepreneurial circles. And when it comes to buying and selling businesses, we're not immune to it either. So yes, we've researched how AI can help our industry, but more than anything else, we're really interested in what it's going to do to the industries that we serve in small and mid-sized business. So we've got a great interview today. Uh, we have David Webster, who is joining us from Body Vision Medical, and he's going to tell us what's going on with AI and robotics in the medical world, kind of as a, a case study to look at one, just one industry and what type of effects um, that it has on it. And we also have someone from your team as well that's joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Shea, uh, he is friends with David, worked with him, I think in the Pepsi days, but um, and. They know each other for a long time, and David is a wealth of – he's a great resource uh, to understand. And, you know, it's there were some really interesting things about this interview. There were some scary things about this interview. Uh, but, you know, in the at the end of the day, I think it's all going to be good. I just saw an interview yesterday, and they were talking about, like, how college professors are dealing with this. Like, all the kids are using uh, AI to – you know, write their papers or do certain projects. And and so uh, they're like, how do you work around that? How do you figure that out? And they said, well, we you might start doing like more classroom work remote, you know, like as homework and then actually doing your papers while they're standing there. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's going to change but the face of everything. It might, maybe they might have to go back to actual class um, to, right. to do their papers and their homework. But yeah, and you know, Mike Shea brought up a good point in our interview today. It's our, our interview that we're going to run. It's it's like the early days of the internet, right? We don't really know how this is all going to shake out and affect business, but we do know it's going to be a big game changer. And at the deal board, we do talk a lot about buying and selling businesses, but we also try and bring you value uh, for your businesses. So, you know, what the latest things that are going on that can affect your business operations today or the value in the future. Yeah, I, I, it was funny. Mike keeps referring to the movie Jaws and that the shark is bigger than you think and, and we're all going to need a bigger boat. So yes. it's, a, it's a great analogy uh, when talking about AI. And yeah, this is a very interesting case study. I'm sure we're going to have more. Yep. Well, let's jump into it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board 
or call 888-719-9098. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. So welcome back, everybody. And it is deal of the week. And I have John Fulton here. And John, you have a nice deal. I do. I've been working on a veterinary clinic uh, and it's really interesting. It's not an easy type of business to sell, especially when you have a sole practitioner type of running the business. And uh, but it has a great deal of potential to grow. And uh, it's ended up becoming now a stock sale, which right. is an interesting conversion. Uh, and, and of course, in Nebraska, we already had an exemption for us to do these, but now it's been, of course, on a national level approved uh, on the aggregate level so that business acquisition brokers can then help people to do a transaction, even it's been changed from an asset type of sale to a stock type of transaction, but we're not actually stock brokers. And so that's right. not what we do. Right. But uh it had some interesting implications. So the reason that usually we see this going on, I think, in a lot of cases, was related to healthcare, uh, licensing types of issues, approvals, uh, you know, also uh, other types of uh, government regulations. It's a lot, I think, easier right. for them to then do a stock type of transaction so they don't have to go back and have the new LLC, which is doing business as the new business, uh, owner, then have to go through all these approval processes, which could be a timely uh, thing that may take months or even a year or more to do. So a stock transaction can be a good and clean way to quickly and with a lot more, a lot less hassle, be able to then effectuate that transition. Right. But one of the really interesting things that I found was that uh, the seller asked his accountant about what his tax implications would be and being 65 years old and retiring. And uh, this is actually a pretty small transaction. It was only $200,000 that, you know, for the business itself that they were looking at. And the, uh, the tax professional came back and said, it'll save you more than $20,000. Right. By it's, making it a stock transaction. Yeah. Versus capital gains versus versus ordinary income. So yeah, it sounds 15% like 15% versus 37% right. top income type of tax brackets. And again, you know, that's what we sell a lot. We sell those businesses that are tough to sell. We're good at that, right? Exactly. So John, if anybody else wanted to get in touch with you in Omaha, what's the best way to get in touch with you? John Fullerton with Transworld Business Advisors in Omaha. My phone number is 402-213-9945. And uh, you can email me at jfullerton at tworld.com. Sounds like good deals for good people. All those people retiring, give us a call. Right on. Thanks, Thank you very much, Andy. Welcome back, everybody, to The Deal Board. And this week, we're doing an interesting follow-up episode. If you remember a few episodes back, we talked about retirement and specifically some of the interesting demographics that are going on with the changing of business ownership from the baby boomer generation to Gen X, millennials, eventually Gen Z, and all of the innovation that's going to be coming to these small businesses across all industries. So today we're talking about one of the biggest innovations that everybody can't stop talking about. Andy, what is that? Chat GPT, AI. I mean, we are hearing about it every single day, how it's going to change everything. We've talked to a few companies here at Transworld. 
And they say it's changing by the week, probably by the day. So we are going to see, uh, you know, Gen Xers, uh, when they replace the, you know, the baby boomers, bringing in all kinds of upgrades and innovations into businesses. And I think a lot of that, it's going to be driven by AI data, uh, harnessing of software. I, I think we're just going to see a whole different ball game. And, you know, Mike Shea, uh, who's with us, Transworld Business Advisors of Central Florida, who is uh, a tech nerd as well as I, we both are fans of trying to keep up with what's the latest and greatest reading articles. And Mike, uh, you have a guest with you to introduce us to some of these topics. Yeah, so I am, uh, in addition to you and I banging around information on tech, uh, my good friend, Dave Webster. Dave and I have known each other for going on, I believe it's 30 years. Uh, we were both uh, young lieutenants out in the Army uh, 30 some odd years ago. Dave uh, stayed a little bit longer than I did, but had gone and uh, journeyed into medical device tech. And that world um, has kind of been on the forefront. And he lives up in, in the Massachusetts market. Uh, he's currently CEO of Body Vision Medical, which is a, a medical device uh, st a tech startup. So he's got some insights from both his own world and uh, the world of, uh, you know, that's a bunch of smart people up in Boston. Amazing. Well, welcome to the show, Mike. And David, also, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, Mike gave you a little bit of an intro, but tell our audience a, a little bit more about yourself and kind of the current world you're playing in related to medical devices and AI. Just a quick overview. Yep. So I've been in the uh, med tech world now for a little over 25 years and um, have been in medical imaging, a variety of medical technology. And most recently, I took over as CEO of Body Vision Medical. I was very excited to transition uh, to Body Vision, principally because it's in the AI space. And I could tell you the two fastest growing markets in med tech at the moment are robotics and AI. And while there are two silos today, I believe they're going to converge very rapidly in the coming decade, not only in medical, but in many, many different facets of, of business. It could, be, uh, it could be manufacturing, but the, the way forward is robots controlled by AI. So, so I've had the pleasure of working with this AI company and, and doing some collaborations with robotics companies. So I'm, so I'm, I'm right in the mix of it right now as it's, it's, it's evolving. It's very exciting. That's incredible. And I think today will be really interesting because when we talk about robotics and AI, there's so much happening. Like Andy said, it's changing by the day, by the week, probably by the day, right? Um, but looking at a specific industry like med tech, like medical devices is an interesting case study because then we can narrow on something that's actually happening in a field. And like you said, David, it's probably transferable um, to other industries. But I, I think the case study will be really interesting. So while we're focusing on the medical world today, I encourage all of our listeners to listen through this interview and think, how could this possibly influence my industry? And maybe it'll be something that'll allow you to be on the cutting edge for your business. So uh, let's jump in and let's just talk about some applications. David, where's like the, the easiest or the first application that you're seeing AI influence the med tech space right now? Right. So before I jump into that, I want to introduce you guys to a couple of concepts. So the first concept is 
everybody is scared of AI, right? There's, a, there's all this trepidation, there's all this fear uh, mongering about it. And what I would say is AI will become that which we make it, right? So if we teach it to be a, a, a military uh, tool, if we teach it to be a weapon, if we weaponize it, if we teach it to do nefarious things, it'll do that. So it's well within our control to control the AI. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say to you is uh, there's an interesting term that not many people uh, have heard about, and the word is called polymath. It's exactly what it is, P-O-L-Y-M-A-T-H. And, and what polymath is, um, it comes from uh, the Greek, and it means having learned much. So one of the things that AI is going to do is it's going to turn many people into polymaths. And an example of a famous polymath would be Benjamin Franklin, right? Which means it's a person who is an individual whose knowledge spans a substantial number of subjects. And because they have this general knowledge, this expansive knowledge, they can draw on that knowledge, um, that those complex bodies of knowledge to solve specific problems. So a visual representation of this would be the movie Iron Man. And in Iron Man, Tony Stark interfaced with, a, with an AI, Jarvis. And they would sort of have a conversation. And what Tony brought to the, to the relationship was the imagination and the out-of-the-box thinking. What Jarvis brought was the immediate calculation of data. So as Tony Stark was, was verbalizing what he was thinking, the AI was chucking in all the data. And that's really, you know, what AI is going to do for us. Now, to answer your question more specifically, what are the, 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 the five areas that I think or four areas that I think that AI are going to uh, assist mankind? Well, first of all is data analytics. And I'll, I'll dig a little bit more into that uh, in a minute. Then there's uh, personal uh, use. So first is data analytics. So it's, it's analyzing large bodies of data and cross-referencing it and, and providing correlations, right? Um, so in medicine, data analytics can be used to create personalized medicine, uh, predictive analytics on how disease states are going to evolve, um, medical chatbots uh, to where people can, can, uh, can, can talk to it, um, disease diagnosis and, and prognosis and, and medical imaging, where the AI is just voraciously consuming data and putting things together. Data analytics is one. The second one is personal medicine. Personal medicine is going to explode in the United States. People are obsessed with their health, right? They're obsessed with living longer. So we're going to, you're going to see companies come forth with virtual health assistants, which give people advice. Um, as I said, the medical chatbots where people can say, I have this, this, and this. What do you think it is? Um, health monitoring wearables. I'm wearing a health monitoring wearable now, the Whoop device, which gives me uh, personal telemetry. Andy, I see you got your ring on. Um, drug adherence and compliance. Hey, don't forget, you got to take your medicine. Oh, don't forget, this is your dose. Um, and then mental health. There's going to be a lot of analysis to predict um, when someone is, is having a struggle just by looking at their patterns. Um, so data analytics, personal medicine, health operations and resource management, this is going to help any business owner, which is going to provide constant analysis of data 
for the people who run businesses to make sure they're doing the right thing, to, that, that they're, they're making the right decisions in a timely manner. And then, of course, you're going to have robot-assisted procedures, right, where the robot is guiding the human. Or in, in the future, um, the AI is guiding the human or the AI is driving the robot and the human is supervising the procedure. I think you're going to see that in a lot of different areas. So those are the four main areas that I think uh, you're going to see, which I think are applicable to virtually any business, uh, if you think about it. Yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot of this kind of thing. Um, my brother is an M&A attorney, he does a lot of work at Mass General. And uh, they're always like spinning out these new products. And, uh, and you know, one of the things I see is like, uh, some of the AI is, 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 is basically personalizing some of the medicine, you know, and we're seeing more and more of that where the medication is, is specifically for you. And um, I, I saw this recently with somebody who got, it was either a hip replacement or a knee replacement and said, I, I didn't know that the, fa the failures or the, you know, the side effects of uh, the success of knee replacements is actually pretty low. Uh, but with the new AI and the new, uh, uh, you know, ways that they could actually make these uh, knee replacements perfectly fit uh, the, you know, the recipient, it, it's so much, you know, more successful. And so I think we're going to see more of that, uh, like you said. Uh, and I, 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 I mean, it excites me. And I, I saw a report where uh, diabetic doctors were actually mapping their patients' movements and can tell whether or not they're they needed an adjustment of their medication based on their activities or how far they would venture from their home. So I, I you know, I think we're going to see more and more of that. Do you have any specific clients that are like working on things right now that you could tell us? Actually, well, AI is exploding. So um, you know, one of the things you talked about was customized implantables, right? So that's a big one where they can take a a digital image of, of a bone, for example, and they can 3D print uh, with the help of an AI, they can 3D print an exact replica of what they're removing, the, 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 the degenerative uh, bones with something else. Um, the number of, uh, you know, my, in my personal opinion, medical imaging, the radiologists will be replaced in the next 10 years. And that's to say that the AI uh, will be able to look at more images faster with greater um, uh, accuracy than a human can, right? So anything that's being analyzed or looked at, uh, the advantage the AI has is once that it's taught, it doesn't forget. That's the first thing. Uh, secondly, it doesn't suffer from fatigue or distraction. Uh, it moves very quickly. And um, at some point, it's going to have seen virtually everything, right? So there won't be anything for it to teach, anything to teach it. So um, it's really going to transform in a lot of ways, a lot of the, the things we do out there. I think that um, uh, what it can do in terms of personal health is pretty amazing, uh, where we're talking about the, the ability to, to, this is where things like genetic pharmacology really come into play, which is to say that, that they start collecting data on the performance of drugs and correlate it with a person's genetic code. And then in the future, when you go in and you have a disorder, say epilepsy, and they're trying to determine which drug to use on you, they can look at your genetic uh, profile and compare it to their pharmacological database and eliminate uh, two or three drugs 
that'll fail to deliver the, the right efficacy. And this is a huge thing because, you know, these drugs come with side effects. They come with cost. So if they can really dial things in and go, okay, there's 20 drugs for epilepsy. Uh, these three probably have the highest probability of success with you. And these five will have absolutely no effect. That'll really change the way medicines. It, it, it's going to make medicine more scientific. It's going to make a lot of things more scientific um, just by looking at the data. That's all like really ex exciting stuff because the medication side effects are real. There's um, a lot of situations where people don't get treated uh, fast enough because of, you know, you mentioned radiology, right? But not not always can you get in and get the appointment that you need to. I know I just read a study on uh, the mammograms radiology and now that they can do this sticker and the AI can read it like that. And it can be, like right. you said, way more accurate than um, anybody that was sitting in that office. So it's really exciting. And Mike, I think one thing you and I were talking about last week that's really interesting is that when AI first came on the scene, and um, robotics, and we were talking about this years and years ago, not just the recent explosion in the last year, is at first we thought it was going to be used mainly to amplify blue collar type businesses. And really what we're seeing is it's amplifying these uh, careers in these businesses that have really high levels of education and medicine. You don't, you don't get higher than that. Like it's the most, one of the most complex careers you can have. So if we take a step back and we think about like, from a, a business model perspective in medicine, you know, Mike or David, what do you think the major like business level problems that AI is going to help resolve in the long term or robotics? I, I mean, let me weigh in on that one. Um, my wife is a, a hospital administrator. My father was a doctor. Uh, so I'm a little bit more in the, you know, the nuts and bolts of how those facilities run. I have to listen to the drama. Um, and of course, I've got a, a geriatric mother where we spend regular time at, at the ER. But if you think about it, we've been collecting medical data on people digitally for going on a quarter of a century. So, you know, it's all in the data. Um, you think about everything from triage, how long it takes you to get from the door of the ER till a physician sees you, um, to the consults, um, to the speed and time in a, in a facility. Uh, my mother had a recent trial that was kind of challenging with some infections and six doctors really couldn't figure out how to stop the infection. Um, not that they were doing anything wrong. It was just, okay, let's try this relative to, to all the pharmacology that she was taking and her condition. They were, you know, uncharted waters with an 87 year old woman with all of her complications. And I just think that the AI is going to be a tool in their hands that will help them make better judgment calls. Um, Dave nailed radiology. Uh, we had a uh, ophthalmology appointment this morning um, where the doctor, as he was scanning, was joking that his business will be gone in 10 years. Um, you know, putting a lens, like a Google lens at a high sophistication up to a person's eye, taking a picture, and then, you know, looking at the ganglia, looking at the blood flows, taking the measurements of the enlargements of the retina. And, you know, instead of relying on a human being to do that, the computer will be able to do that. And I just think about, okay, the, 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 the business and the economics of deploying resources elsewhere in the hospital. If we think about what went, ha went down with COVID and how medical systems struggled 
um, and all, and many collapsed. David could talk to you about the, the healthcare system and the you know where resources are. My wife made a comment that the outlying hospitals really struggle with resource allocation. That the mega hospitals are the only ones that are going to supply. We're going to see an entire shaking up of you know the the way we do business in healthcare and the way we do business in everything else. And Dave, I mean, you can kind of talk about that. How how will AI and the use of it really help leverage and control resource allocation in healthcare? So first of all, I would say this, as AI develops, there's going to be different levels of AI. And those that have access to the best AI, it's definitely going to be a differentiator. Um, the Obama administration actually should be given credit for setting the stage for AI in that uh, under uh, President Obama, there was a huge uh, push for electronic medical records. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was gross amounts of money thrown at it. I'm not going to say if it was uh, spent wisely or not, but what came out of it was um, a variety of EMR systems where now they're capturing data and it's getting better and better, right? Epic being the leader. So what's happening is, is from the time you're born until the time you're you're gone, they're going to start collecting all the data on you in, in one file. And this is where the AIs are going to just be, you know, universally and consistently uh, farming it. But what it's going to do for hospitals is determine efficiencies. The way hospitals run right now, it's some departments make money, some departments lose money. Some doctors make money, some doctors lose money, some wards make money, some wards lose money. So it's gonna, what it's going to do is it's going to give visibility to the administration on, on what's happening. Who's making money anyways? And hospitals are going to uh, move to be much more efficient. Um, and and I, I hate to say like factories because humans aren't products, but they're going to be able to look at data in a way that was previously unavailable to them. And then they're going to make strategic decisions on what the hospital offers and what the hospital doesn't offer and how to maximize uh, it. Because, you know, we know uh, medical care is a huge part of our, our, our expense in the United States at the moment, right? And we're trying to figure out ways to drive it down. So I think AI is going to help drive down the cost of medicine, one, by providing a visibility to the data on what's working, what's not working. That's the first thing. Secondly, it's going to allow... Um, Combined with robotics, it's going to allow uh, the human staff to be more efficient and do more. So personally, I believe in, in the next 20 years, a surgeon will be overseeing three or four surgical cases at the same time. So, so you, you, you say, well, well, you know, David, give me a, an example of this in the modern world. Well, the military is doing it, right? Uh, as they say, the day of the fighter pilot's probably over. You're not going to take a maverick and put them behind the wheel of a, of a drone, right? Instead, you've got uh, high school graduates with some drone training flying combat missions. The same thing's going to happen in surgery. Surgeons aren't going to do the surgery anymore. You're going to see a surgeon overseeing a group of technicians who are running a robot under the watchful eye of an AI with hepatic uh, feedback and the AI is just going to go, no, 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 can't do that until the AI becomes fully autonomous. And the it's already, yeah, it's already, already happening in anesthesia. Yeah. yeah. And the precedent is industry. There's, there's robots in industry that are doing a very fine motor movement with great success. 
Um, and, and it's just a matter of time before that comes into surgery and, and, and other parts of business, right? It's, it's all headed in that direction. Yeah, and I think the, seeing, the, other, the other ripple effect will be that the way education, to, so there's, like, there's going to be some disruption between the tail end of the way the doctors are trained and educated today, the adjustments of uh, the pipeline. Like, I, you know, docs are going to have to probably in, in the next four years start going, okay, what does my career look like in 20 years? You know, will, will radiology exist and go, do I really want to be on that track? Um, and what do I, and somewhat of a magic eight ball going, you know, what do I think the world's going to look like in 10 years in, in the prime of their practice, you know, or they want to be disrupted and moved out. And, and we're seeing some of that now. There is some disruption in healthcare now at the, the doc level, the PA level, at the higher education with, um, you know, reimbursement rates and the forming of groups and corporate medicine, what they call corporate medicine, but these efficiencies are driving that disruption and it's going to be choppy until we hit like a, a, a streamline of efficiency down the pipeline. Sorry, Andy. No, I was just going to comment that, you know, this is already happening. Like you're seeing uh, da Vinci, you know, surgical robots out there that are run by doctors that are not even in the same city. I mean, you know, and, and I, I just got off a cruise and I was in a place like uh, Cozumel and, uh, you know, and the level of healthcare down in those countries is, you know, far lower than what we have. But now you could bring that healthcare anywhere and, it, you know, it could be provided from anywhere. So, I think we're going to see that, you know, across the board. And and you're right, David. Uh, the EMRs are going to, you know, are collecting that data now. And like Mike said, you know, it's been collected for a long time, and uh, it's going to be able to bring, you know, better medicine, uh, you know, to everybody through, you know, those st statistics. And uh, you know, we're seeing that in business already, right? So, you know, I we we just did an episode on books and records, and you know how like businesses need to keep better books and records. And I foresee a day where, you know, all this electronic uh, payments and all these electronic, they're just automatically updating your books and records. You don't need someone sitting behind the computer updating a QuickBooks program. It'll be automatically updated and your reports will be, you know, on the fly. I mean, that's already happening in a lot of places. Uh, but, you know, I, I could see foresee a day, Michael, when all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, business owners will be like, your food costs are too high or your labor costs are too high or uh, you need to invest in this or, you know, this this average. Look, I've, I've got one customer now in a retail store where her, her management software tells her what to order in advance based upon historical data. And it it's, and you see the how it plays out. And I was joking with her, you know, 30 years ago, I, I can remember sitting in my Pepsi warehouse with the marketing team trying to predict how many cases of grape slice I was going to move. And I'd be happy if I was at 60% accuracy. And now she's she's got a computer that's, you know, knows the history and knows what the trend lines are based upon a whole bunch of analytics, not just in-store analytics, but outdoor analytics, consumer behavior, et cetera. Yeah. It's really interesting. Four points that I pulled out of what David was talking about is kind of what we're talking about now related to all business, right? Not just the medical space, but um, technology is going to make it us more efficient as operators, right? More profitable. He's talked about in the, the medical side, but more profitable overall as businesses because we can make better decisions. And then the resource allocation piece too, right? Assigning resources to work on 
strategic problems, um, diversification of solving problems, like Andy mentioned, you know, bringing better medical care to all versus just some select. But if we think about how that applies to all business um, and even small businesses, the opportunities with AI and robotics really are endless. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I think I think one of the challenges we face is, Dave alluded to it earlier, it, it, people are afraid of it. Um, I talked to another guy, Andy and I both know Scott Mann, and Scott said to me, he goes, it's the internet all over again, meaning that it's game changer. So don't be afraid of it, get into it. Now it's changing faster, it learns as it goes. Um, people play with chat GPT and they do one function, but then it's like, okay, go ask it to do this, then go ask it to do this, and then load in data and see what it does. And as you're doing that, it's learning. So it's like, don't make it a transaction of a one-time thing. Get in there and play with it and embrace it now so that you've got some traction and history with it. And it's learning from you. As, and then play with the different ones. Like BARDs, it's interesting the difference between ChatGPT's outcomes and Google's BARD because Google's drawing on an enormous database of information on all sorts of you know points of contact. And the bars, you know, as Dave described it, the limits that are put on it, um, someone described it like, it's like a puppy. Um, it'll do what you train it to do, right? That's something warm to your heart, right, Jess? But you know, there are limits to what it can do. And it, there's always a person there that's controlling it, but, but Google's got a much wider swath uh, of data. Actually, Mike, you started to dive into one of the rapid questions I wanted to talk about is just, you know, we have a, a group that's listening to this podcast and most of them are in the business transactional community or they're business owners. And they're probably thinking like, how do I even get started with this? What would mm -hmm. be everybody's piece of advice of like, this is just the one thing you can do in terms of take, taking action after hearing this conversation? Are you asking me relative to what we do? Yeah, um, and then yeah, we'll go David next, and then Andy and I can wrap up. Well, Dave, David has some insight on it because his mother was a wildly successful real estate agent. Um, rented me my first condo in Boston, um, but you know, it's sometimes it it's a play with it, just download it. You know, I subscribe to several newsletters, so I, mean, I kid you not, every day there's a new platform every day. And I download it and play with it before I really start my work day. And I just kind of, I think about them and go, how can I use them? Um, you know, to, how do they parallel? And then I spend some time um, looking at other industries that are close to us or close to what we do. I look at how does AI impact real estate? I look at the, the financial markets. How are they using it? Um, and then I talk to people in wildly divergent you know, industries just to see how they're thinking, you know, smart people who are deep thinkers in their industries. Like, you know, I'm fortunate to have a colleague and a friend like Dave, where we can dig into this and go, what are you doing? And his world is so much more advanced than, than the finance people world. He's, he, he lives in both. He's having to raise funds, get money, play the market, and yet deal with technology and about what will be in the next 10 years. And he's always been a strategic thinker. So if you find people in your life who think strategically, peck at their brains and they're going to, you know, just throw information at you and, and digest it and chew on it. That's my, my two bits on that. I agree. David, what do you think? I think so much of a business surrounds um, awareness and the internet is where it is, right? We're seeing it. The younger generations 
get everything from the internet, right? So to me, if you're a business owner, whether you're a company like ours or a small uh, a shop, um, you've got to use AI to help drive awareness of your business on the internet. And you can do that a couple of ways. Um, one is um, learn how to, uh, learn how to uh, take advantage of the platform's AIs to, to, to get you out there to as many people as you get. A lot of them are pay and play now, but there's still uh, some that are free. The other thing is, is make yourself look like a subject matter expert in the, in the area you are. And, and this is where ChatGPT and some of these others can just drive content for you that makes you sound, as we say up in Boston, wicked smart when you're not wicked smart, right? Like you can say to chat GPT, hey, uh, a subject in whatever business and it, and it, and it, you know, in a second puts together this information that you can sort of put out for consumption on your blog or, or, or your, your mail to uh, your customers. So I think, I think if you're any business owner from small to large, Use AI to develop your ground game. And your ground game is getting the word out about your business, whether it's on LinkedIn or Google or whatever the platforms are. And the way you can learn about it is the good old fashioned way. You go on YouTube and you watch content creators explain to you how to use it, right? And then you implement it. That's the, the fastest way you can, you can get access. As I saw an interesting drawing the other day. It had a, a mountain. It was a drawing of a mountain and it said, uh, and, it, and at the top, it had knowledge. And it said, uh, our grandfathers, and there was a, a trail up the mountain. And then it said, our fathers, and there was a staircase. And then it said, us, and there was an elevator, which means the access to date to knowledge is so easy. You just got to, you got to do the research, right? You got to look. And as AI gets better, um, establishing a relationship with, with it, and I'm going to tell you, there's a, a new thing coming out called iFriend, where an AI is going to be your best friend on your phone. It's going to be a personal assistant. So we have Siri, Siri sort of interactive, Alexa. Well, imagine if that thing gets more personable and starts talking to you proactively. Instead of you asking it, it starts asking you. That's the next uh, step in AI. But uh, to circle back, um, learn about it and implement it as quickly as possible for, for advertising and awareness of your business. I'm just imagining that uh, new AI having my wife's voice or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a whole different thing. They're working on, they're, they already have one of those hologram things, right? Where they can recreate people after they've passed. So, yes. you know. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, great stuff for business owners. And personally, we're seeing it already. You, you talked about some of the things that we're already using to track. I, I held up my aura ring. Uh, there's so many good things for business owners. And like you said, Michael, I think it's just, you, you just got to jump in uh, and and start learning. And uh, I, I love the old fashioned way, uh, YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Now the old that fashion. Yeah. I thought it was, the, the conversation has been really interesting, but you know, two things that you guys kind of both said is, um, you, you're setting aside time to do this research. So I, my husband calls it thinking time, right? But when you're working in a business, sometimes we all get caught heads down and we don't look up to see what's going on around us. Um, and so like, I know Al, Al does this, I'm not as great as his practice, but he schedules two hours block scheduling in his schedule every week to just do some thinking time and strategic thinking. And that's kind of what you guys were both talking about is you just have to have some free time to see what's going on around you. 
Um, and then the other key thing that I kept hearing is data, right? We talked a lot about leveraging data and things like that, but we, we know in the business that we're in that not every business owner is taking advantage or capturing the data that they're going to need to be successful in some of these technologies in the future. So I know it's been a big push for the last couple of decades of collecting data on customers, but I think now it's I mean, I, trying to get efficient with it. Jess, I just thought of something, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I know we collect data. Like every time someone contacts me, I collect their data and I tag them to a business. And I, and I don't know why I've not done this, but I'm like, okay, maybe I need to download every industry type somebody's looked like and then why they didn't buy. You know, why, you know, if I was a realtor, why'd they buy this house for this house, you know, and, and start uploading the reasons why. And they go, okay, how do I solve that? How do I solve the obstacle that prohibited the sale? You know, and we don't have the time, you know, that's not solved in a block of, of you know, Al's backend time or thinking time. That's, that's okay. Let the computer figure out what's the data saying and then give it to us. Kind of the Tony Stark. Hey, Jarvis, tell me why. Got it. Now I can move on to something more strategic to get us out of the grind and into the strategic decision-making cycle is, is something that I think AI is going to do if, if we're smart about it. Um, but we've got to give it the problem to solve. Right by collecting the and having the discipline to collect the information. Some industries are, some industries are on top of that. Some industries aren't. You know, we've been leading leading forward in the saddle on that in our own world, but a lot of our competitors don't. They don't. And, they don't know why. And and just to jump on Mike, right now, the people that are using the difference between the people using AI and those that aren't is small. In another two years, the gap is going to widen. Because you're going to clearly see, wow, this person is, has got it all dialed in. Everything is tight. They're on top of it. And what's up with this guy? And the difference is not going to be in their intelligence or their aptitude. It's going to be the utilization of the new tools of the AI. It's going to, pull, it's going to cause people to pull way ahead and just leave others in, in the dust. And, and uh, it, if you don't do it, you're going to be uh, an unfortunate statistic. Because that's what's going to differentiate. Well, well, on that, maybe we'll close on that. It's not super positive, but hopefully it's motivating. But <laughs> I do think at the end of the day, there's just like it goes back to there's so much opportunity for this to help business and society to move to higher level strategic thinking. So you just got to be leading the curve. So David, Michael, thank you both uh, for joining us on today's show. I hope it was helpful for our listeners. Andy, I took a lot away. Did you? Yeah, I did. And it's incredible. I, I, I know what I'm going to be doing at night now. Just keep watching YouTube and playing with AI. I think it's uh, it's really something that we all need to pay attention. I've been talking about it for years. I actually named our uh, CRM store your data because I, I do believe you need to store your data even if you don't know why you're storing it. So uh, great job today, uh, Mike and David. Really appreciate it. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Listing of the Week, and I have Dan Walkowski here from Transworld Business Advisors of Portland and more. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And you have a really nice listing. Yeah, we got a great business. It's an outdoor store. It's been around since 1945. They focus wow. on river running, uh, camping, tactical gear, uh, and the owners are getting ready to retire. 
so it's uh, it originally listed earlier in the year for two million. The owners are motivated but not desperate. They lowered it to one and a half million. So it generates about 540k of cash flow. Nice. Um, there's inventory included in that price, about 200k of inventory, and it's 14,000 square foot warehouse over uh, two floors, and um, it's a it's a great business. The uh, new owners can come in and kind of give it a refresh uh, 2.0 of the uh, of the business. Uh, it, it could use to grow uh, e-commerce and, you know, kind of modernize the way they market. But it's a great business overall. I love businesses that have been around for yeah. a long time. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to really yeah. go wrong if you buy a business yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, it's been a good one. It's been a good one to land. So now I just want to help them sell it. Excellent. Well, <laughs> You want more information? What's the best way yeah, to get in touch so with you? So Dan Wolkowski, D Wolkowski at tworld.com or direct 503-880-8970. Excellent. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com.